Well, where to begin for this upcoming <laughs> weekend in the NFL? Uh, of course, this past week we had some bombshell news after bombshell news break uh, regarding the head coaching carousel. And then on top of that, as we've gotten closer now to the official wildcard weekend, we've got just crazy weather, some historic weather yeah. coming up for these games. And uh, and on top of it, we've gotten some you know injury news, largely good for many of these teams as we get ready. So a lot to unpack here for this wildcard preview episode. But of course, uh, you know, as always, uh, we're going to kind of segment this episode into into the, uh, you know, biggest news items and that of course being these games so we're going to give you our look at what these games entail our thoughts on who's going to come out on top for this entire weekend we've got games saturday sunday and monday but we cannot ignore the massive news of the week being uh the head coaching carousel that has taken place with the firings of we'll start with mike Vrabel, but then of course the legends nick saban bill belichick and a potential future hall of famer in pete carroll out in seattle as well so we'll kind of touch on that all at the end of the episode. So uh, we'll start this episode here with our look at the wildcard weekend. Had a lot of crazy games to get to. So here we go. Let's get started. You use fire right. in the background of that image. It's the opposite. It's they. We need a little heat in in wildcard weekend this weekend because of the historical. <laughs> I, for all our <laughs> listeners who don't know, I live on the Illinois Missouri border. I'm technically closer yeah. to Kansas City than I am Chicago. If I were to drive, it's about four hours to Kansas City, five hours to Chicago, and it is insane out right now. I mean, it, and the fact that they are getting ready for this game, it's been the talk of. Uh, of the town this week uh, in my radio station carries that we carry the chiefs we're a chiefs affiliate and it is why well, i mean it's first the number one topic beyond the weather is in actually the paywall people are not happy about the paywall and they shouldn't yeah. be it's bs i think it's total bs for the nfl to put a playoff game behind a paywall and um uh and so there, there's a lot to go on but uh, the weather is it is brutal damn it is brutal. It is brutal. I mean, to to, to touch on that paywall thing, because obviously we've got games coming up on Peacock, and so people are going to have to get a subscription. I Here's the thing that kind of makes me feel that it's a little bit overblown. I think there's two sides to this argument, and then we'll move on to the actual games. Uh, the, the first side is 90% of the people upset about this don't have a Peacock, Peacock subscription. Um, I'm sure there's free trials. So any any of those who don't have it, you can get a free trial for the weekend. Now, granted, there's probably going to be games, who knows, next week or, you know, definitely in the future, too. So I that, that point's well taken. Uh, yeah, and then the flip side is, or, or, or on that same side, I should say, uh, the NFL Network's had games for years, and that hasn't come with a typical cable subscription for most people. Uh, so if you wanted to watch games on NFL Network Thursday Night Football in the past, you've had to add an NFL Network subscription or sign in through their app or something like that. So that's kind of always been around. Uh, and obviously they're free to do this, but I totally understand the issue. It's playoff time. The NFL's ratings king. They have billions and billions of dollars every year. Do they really need to eke out that extra? I think this game was sold for a hundred million dollars. I heard is that, and that's a lot of money, obviously. But in the bucket of the NFL, that's nothing. Do they really need it at the expense of their fans? That point is well taken. To me, it's just one of those. It's just, um, you know, they. 
NBC pays a lot of money, and so yeah, they're they're letting them kind of scratch your back. You scratch ours, we'll put one behind a paywall, and um, I, I just think it's really scummy. I, I you know well, the one problem of things- is is like what where's this gonna go now? Because yeah, we have Prime, it's scummy. And now we have Peacock. Are we yeah. gonna be starting having games on Apple TV? Are we in playoff like, games? Yeah. It, it's I get it for Thursday night football and for, you know, the NFL London games and you want to put them on the network. And so you can only, I get it. That's like, you know, that's, but these are this, it's just scummy. I've been telling people, we, I've been telling people all week on our, on our radio show, go out and support a local business today, go out, find a, a local bar restaurant that's playing the game that has the, you know, the subscription, the, you know, the, the it, to to get it and support a local business. Don't don't do the free trial if you don't already have it. Stick to your guns and show them you know show them that it's not going to actually make them money. And so NBC loses money on it, and then uh, hopefully they they you know don't let this keep you know snowballing down the hill. Yeah, for sure. They they're, they're going to have to have some sort of like long term plan in place here, so people can be prepared and. Uh, see where things are going but that that does seem to be the case uh with with the way that uh, subscription uh companies and services are going nowadays all right well today is saturday uh we january 13th and we have two games coming up tonight or this afternoon and this evening we have two games three games on sunday and uh finishing off wildcard weekend with monday night football eagles and buccaneers so we'll start in order and give our thoughts on these games. Browns at the Texans coming up at 4.30 p.m. on NBC. This game, the Browns are favored in this one, minus two. So just a two-point favorite here on the road, though. That doesn't happen terribly often in the playoffs. But the Texans, who are coming in at 10-7, and seven, are taking on the surging Browns at 11-6. and C.J. Stroud, fully healthy for this one. Joe Flacco's had that epic run for the Browns. Uh, so... How are we feeling about this matchup here where in a weekend full of crazy weather, this will not be the case. They're in Houston and in a dome. So they're, we're good there. And the elephants historically first time quarterback starting in the NF in the NFL playoffs, rookies or not you know, guys making their first start in a playoff game are well below 500. So that uh, historically doesn't bode well for CJ Stroud. Joe Flacco is one of the greatest road and wild card quarterbacks of all time. I mean, he's, I think if he pass, if he wins day, he passes Brady for most playoff road wins. I mean, Flacco is special in these moments. I also will, uh, will say one of the things that's really important to think about if you're previewing this game, the Browns destroyed the Texans a couple weeks ago with Joe Flacco. That was the Amari Cooper game. But remember that was no CJ Stroud. That was, uh, you know, chase, uh, 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 not chase Daniel, um, case, uh, Case and, Keenum, uh, thank and you. No Dalton Schultz, I believe, for that. And game. no Dalton Schultz. I think um so I think those things are all really important. I'm taking the Texans as this game because I think that this game to me reminds me a lot of the Jaguars and Chargers game last year, where it makes sense that the road wildcard team it's the better team, better defense. Uh, you know, um, older quarterback, uh, you know, it, it, everything's kind of lining up for them. Oh, the upstart young AFC South team is hosting a game. Good for them. But uh, it's going to, it's not going anywhere beyond that. And I drew, I just think that CJ Stroud is going to have a game like Trevor Lawrence had last year, where it's just like that kid's special and that kid's yeah. at home and he's comfortable. And the Browns defense, as good as they are, 
They haven't seen C.J. Stroud. They saw Case Keenum. And so I think it's going to be a shock. And I really think the chance for the, the Texans to crumble was last week, right? On the road, winner get in against a division rival in the Colts. And what did they do? They came out and threw a bomb on the first play and showed you, no, 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 we don't fear anything. We are playing loose. We are playing with house money. I think it's one of the fun games of the weekend. I think it's a really close game. I'm going to take the Texans to win somewhere along the lines of 23 or 24 to 20. I think it's really close. I think C.J. Stroud makes plays late in the game, and Joe Flacco makes an interception or a bad play at some point in time in the game to where this magical run ends for the Browns and we get uh, the Texans moving on uh, into the second round. Yeah, I'm with you. I have Houston winning this matchup as well. I think it's going to be very close. Obviously, the Browns are a super talented team. Uh, their defense is fantastic, and it looks like they're, you know, they'll get a full healthy uh, slate of guys there on the defensive end, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Um, so they're going to have – it's going to be a tall task for C.J. Stroud and company. Yeah. But I do think in terms of the uh, compilation of both teams and where they're at, uh, I think being home is, is certainly helpful here. Uh, you know, the Houston Texans have played really well at home. C.J. Stroud is, as a rookie, it's it's nice to be in a comfortable environment for your first ever playoff game. That's I, I think that's a, a big help there. And, you know, for the injury and, and him being out and all of that, there is maybe something to be said for having a little bit uh, more rest than a, a typical quarterback this time of the year. And yeah, I, Joe Flacco's very good. He's a poised quarterback. He's played very well within the system, but you know, he he's obviously you know still, I would say overall, maybe a little bit rusty in terms of just you know the 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 full slate of games in an NFL season, playoff time. Yeah, you can. How long can you ride this wave? I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Um, but obviously he's been playing well, so I don't want to you know make that you know a big factor in this game I just think I agree with you I think the better quarterback in this matchup is CJ Stroud I think the Browns have the better defense overall but I think the Houston Texans um, have an offense that scares me a little bit more and uh, Nico Collins is probably going to have a big game Dalton Schultz has been a huge piece to what they're doing I just think it's going to come down to a, a few plays here and there and I agree if it's going to be a mistake I take Joe Flacco to be the one making that mistake over C.J. Stroud. In this game, we'll see how we feel going down the road, especially who the Houston Texans will have to play in round two. All right, moving on to the next game, Dolphins at the Chiefs. This game is going to be negative five, not wind chill, just negative five degrees over there in Kansas City with wind gusts up to, I believe they were saying, up to 30 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour potentially, um, making this a wind chill of in the negative 30s so yeah buckle up Miami uh for this one and obviously all of the fans are are gonna have I don't care if you've lived in Kansas City Missouri your entire life this is not amenable weather for anybody I know I saw some local weather reports and um meteorologists and news reporters giving advice on bringing cardboard to the games because cardboard uh doesn't uh, you know hold in heat same with like air and uh and and like aluminum and things like that so people are they're telling people to stand on cardboard bring you on, on cardboard and that'll keep you a little bit warmer that's kind of amazing i'd never heard of that before but that's where we're at right now what what do you think uh this weather will do for these two matchups obviously kansas city's much more used to it miami relies on uh on you know their their playmakers being able to get out in space and run that may is is this going to be a determinant for that 
I'm so glad you started this by saying, oh, look out, Miami. It's going to be cold and Kansas City, blah, blah, blah. That's all I've been hearing all week, right? And I'm going to paint you a sure. picture here right now. I'm going to paint you a picture. I listened to Brian Baldinger on the Part of My Take podcast. I thought he was a great interview this week, and it was smart to have him on. They asked him about cold weather games. I asked a uh, two people I know who play college football about playing in the coldest weather games they've ever played in this week. And every single one of them, Baldinger and these two people I talked to play college ball, they all said the same thing. At that point in time, when it's that cold, it really hurts the defenses more than anything. Because defense is all about being physical, putting your body on the line, tackling, wrapping up, and and you know craving that contact. And when you're that cold, your initiating hands, the contact. Your hands yeah. go first, right? Like your hands go first, and you have got to wrap up. You got to tackle. Kansas City has the better defense, so I think the 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 cold weather actually negatively impacts Kansas City. I think more. I really do. And if this game was, I will. I'm just going to put this out. This is my theory. If this game was thirty degrees. If this game was 35 degrees, if it was 40 degrees, if it was 20 degrees, I would say huge favor to Kansas City. They're they are just more prepared to deal with, oh, this is cold, but we're going to be fine. This is dangerous cold. I mean, this is there is going to be reports of people who get frostbite who go to this game. There's going to be reports of players who end up with some frostbite. Like this is this is dangerous cold. There it favors no one. I truly believe. You cannot sit there and say, oh, this favors Kansas City. It favors no one. It gets to the point where it's so cold, it is equally miserable to both teams. And if it's equally miserable to both teams, right, if it favors no one, then I really do think Miami has a chance in this game in the sense that at some point in time, we know they're both going to want to run the ball, and both teams can run the ball really well. Achan, Pacheco, they're going to lean on their offensive lines. At some point in time, one of these teams is going to have to throw the ball and make a play. And do you trust in cold weather, deathly cold weather, the bad hands of Tony and Valdez Scantling and those guys for the Chiefs receivers, or do you trust Tyree Kill to catch a slant, make a man miss, go 60 yards to the house in what would be a demoralizing dagger for Chiefs fans and Chiefs kingdoms the first time that that uh, that uh, the Chiefs are at, you know, that Tyreek Hill returns to home. Also, these teams played each other earlier this year. Now it was, in, it was in Germany, and there's a lot of factors, but they have already an idea of scheme of what teams or what they want to do to each other. Hard to beat a yeah. team twice in the same year. Kansas City won that matchup. I'm I paint this picture to tell you I truly believe there is a real path for Miami to win this game. I truly believe. There is a way for Miami to demoralize Kansas City in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill, the weapon that they got from Kansas City. All that said, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am going to take the Chiefs, but I, I, I don't – so much I've heard – I'm just so sick of the narrative. Oh, the weather, all oh, the weather. The weather favors Kansas City. This weather does not favor anyone. It's, it's dangerously cold. The weather we're going to talk about in the next game favors a certain team. But the but this weather doesn't favor anyone. It's dangerous, and I think when you when you when you look at this game, it could come down to Tyree Kill making a play that the Chiefs wide receivers can't make, and and that could be the difference. I think though, Kansas City and Travis Kelsey and Pacheco and and Mahomes will be enough to win this game in a really ugly, really close game. 
I disagree a little bit here. I, I think the weather does favor Kansas City, and I'll tell you why. Because aside from, and, and this will be a small point to my argument, but it is a, it's probably the smallest. I'll start with the smallest one. Uh, it's Miami. Like they are, they literally are not used to playing in this weather at all, right? There is something to be said for that. I mean, it's it's something True. that's born out in reality. We've talked about, um, you know, Amari Cooper, right? He was like a guy who who could never play in cold weather, and it was a, it was a real thing. Um, obviously, he's in Cleveland now. Maybe that's gotten a little bit better, but Miami is not used to this at all, and so they're going to have to come, you know, halfway across the country, uh, and and play in conditions that they just aren't accustomed to. And, but aside from all that, and their quarterback, by the way, grew up in, you know, Hawaii. So there's that too. Um, But aside from all of that, this weather favors, not just the chiefs. I don't think it favors the chiefs in general. I think it favors Patrick Mahomes. The wind chill uh, is much less of a factor in my opinion than the wind gusts. If we're talking about up to 30 mile an hour winds, who do I trust? When you mentioned it, you're going to have to throw the ball at some point. Who do I trust to cut through that wind? I don't trust Tua at all to be able to cut through that wind. Uh, I trust Patrick Mahomes with that ungodly arm to be able to be less affected by that. Uh, And not to mention, they have the best intermediate find-the-gaps receiver in Travis Kelsey, probably in the league. Yep. And so if there's a duo where I'm like, they can figure it out together and get through this defense. It's that duo. On top of that, you're not going to be able to pass all game. You're not going to be successful having yeah. 40 pass attempts, right? But you're going to have to drop back. There are going to have to be passing plays. And who do I trust to be able to scramble and get that 10 yards that the defense gives you? Because we talked about the weather being a Mahomes negative running is, being, is going to be caught big. a little bit flat footed. I think Mahomes is going to have upwards of, you know, 40 yards rushing in this game, scrambling 10 yards. Yeah, that's at, a great you know, point. Popier, and I don't think Tua is going to be able to get out of chaos when that time comes. So to your point, Travis or, uh, Tyree kill is the only guy in this game that has the capability to break off an 80 yard run uh, next to, you know, uh, Devon H they're both on the Miami team for sure. So they have the ability to break up at a huge play, but anything else from that 25 yard, uh, you know, out route, uh, you know, over the middle of the field, deep down the hashes, who's going to be able to make those throws and get those plays off. I trust Patrick Mahomes of the chiefs way more. So I take them in this game for those reasons. And then not even talking about who has the better run game. I think it's kind of a wash. Um, And so for that, I'll give the advantage, Casey. Well, and I'm with you. Like I said, I picked the Chiefs. I just think I'm I really the narrative all week of like, like I said, 20 degree weather, 30 degree weather. But when it's this cold, I really do. I just it's one Both of those are things, hamstrung. Yes, it's one of those things. I'm just like, even though, yes, you live in Kansas City and you've been able to go outside of your car the last, you know, 24 hours and like really like, OK, I can mentally prepare like it is going to be awful for both yeah. for both teams. So. I just I think it's more of a wash in the sense that I'll put it this way. My, I said this the other day on, on my show, and I and I think it's true. The, this game is only going like one of two ways. Like either Kansas City's going to win in a blowout because Miami just they will be just so inept it will be they'll just crumble, or it'll be a, a tight game and and you know it'll come down to the the last second 
there's no world in which Miami wins a blowout, right? There's just no, I just don't see that yeah, happen. I, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Moving on to the one o'clock game on Sunday. So right now when we're in agreement, we both have the Texans and the Chiefs advancing. Yes. Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. This game is also expected to have some crazy, crazy weather. Uh, snow overnight. Snow overnight. They're paying. They're, they've already put out the, the call paying for Buffalo, paying $20 an hour, bring your own shovel. And they're so with the, the game is yeah. noon tomorrow, noon central time, one Eastern. And so what by the time the kickoff happens, I think the snow will have gone away, but it'll be, yeah, they the got to clear this to go away. Yes. They, they got to clear the stands, but it, it could still have like crazy wind gusts. They're saying wind gusts of up to 65 yeah. Miles an <laughs> hour. Yeah. And it's not going to be as cold, though. It's not going to be as cold. It'll be like in the 20s and 30s, but it, with the wind gusts, it'll it'll feel really bad. That's gonna, It's going to feel terrible. 23 degrees at kickoff is what was the latest report that I you'll saw. You'll have some sunshine, though. At least you'll have that going for you, unlike the Chiefs <laughs> and, the, and the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, warm yourself up a little bit with the sunshine. Yeah, no, the 65-mile-degree, uh, 65-mile-per-hour wind gusts yeah certainly favors the uh, buffalo bills because josh allen has has the arm the strongest arm in the nfl i'm i but i don't know if i've ever seen wind gusts that intense like yeah. i don't even know if it, the strongest it, arm in the league could could even like maybe th that'll help you on like a 10 yard uh you know dig or something like that i don't know if that will help anybody on a 45 yard you know ball down the sidelines that's just that's insane um so that does favor the buffalo bills a little bit in this game this is going to be one where you're gonna have to run the ball 35 times per team to have a shot i think under center i i think most uh snaps should come from under center because with 65 mile an hour wind gusts i don't you can't really trust the snap because anytime the ball is remotely in the air, it can move. So oh, yeah. a snap out of shotgun even is going to be a problem. Punting, uh, long snappers for it's special teams going to be a huge I, factor this game. It's going to be a massive factor, uh, let alone the cold and uh, fumbling uh, being. I mean, this this is going to be a very horizontal game of football, I believe we're going to be seeing. And uh, that certainly favors the Buffalo Bills. But when it comes to the run game, uh, the Bills have been able to run the ball well, too. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have the advantage there. I think lately yep. they've been a more physical group on offense. Um, try tackling Najee Harris in this weather. I think that's going to be a big problem. I I very much uh, see Najee getting a 75-25 split with Jalen Warren in this game. I mean, Jalen Warren is is not going to be involved as much, I, I think. Um, and look, you're going to need your physical – you're going to need George Pickens – uh, to be able to do what we talked about Tyreek Hill doing, like he's going to have to take a 10 yard slant or they're going to be have to get like a, uh, you know, back shoulder throw to him and be able to get it to him there. Um, and then Pat Fryermuth is going to be the X factor. I think it's going to be Pat Fryermuth and Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. The tight end, both of these teams, the tight ends are going to be huge factors because when we talk about throwing the football, you're still going to have to throw it at some point. We saw earlier this year, Patriots bills, 
I think what the Patriots threw four times the whole game. Oh, that was two um, years ago, I think. Or oh, yeah, was you that know, two that, years? Okay, okay. That Mac Jones yeah, and that Mac and a crazy and, wind. And um, yes. so Buffalo's played in this before. That's right. I've been waiting yeah. for you to say it, and maybe I'm now I'm cutting up, but I'm, but you mentioned the last game. I think Josh Allen running the ball is going to be a massive yes. part of this game as well because oh, he has the ability to he does it anyways, and he has the ability to just say. F it, I don't like it. I'm I'm going to take the five yards. I'm going to take the ten yards. This game will be. I hate the line in this game. I, the the play it's is crazy. absolutely it's Pittsburgh crazy. plus the points because no doubt, no doubt. Pittsburgh will be able to stay in this game. I I I think Buffalo's going to win. I think Buffalo is finally at a spot where there no one is like no one picked them. Like this was the year. Like Buffalo, I think one of the things that helped them was going to six and six and just being like fuck it, like. We're our backs are against the wall. They went from six and six to eleven and six, and they and they are playing it in an ugly way, winning ugly football, running the football, and and I think Josh Allen, he had a quote two days ago on the podium that I just love. Someone asked him, was like, "Oh yeah, no, uh, no all pros from Buffalo and uh, the all pro team. What are your thoughts on that?" And it was like the la- one of the last questions of the press conference. He just said, "Go Bills." Got up and left. Like I think this team, Buffalo <laughs> yeah. is. Buffalo's finally able, I feel, to feel like we have a chip on our shoulder. I, this will be ugly. This will be gross. I think it's going to be low scoring, and I'm going to trust Buffalo and Josh Allen to get it done. If T.J. Watt was playing, I think it would be even closer and even easier for you to say Pittsburgh can win because this is a T.J. Watt game, right? He goes out, strip sack, fumble, bad weather, and they just dominate on defense. I just don't know what that linebacker core that Pittsburgh has pasted together against Josh Allen and this this evolving running game for Buffalo, I think it's low scoring. I think Pittsburgh absolutely covers. I don't think there's any field goals in this game. I really don't think any team tries it. I think it's something along the lines of this game, even extra points get missed. I think it's a, a wonky, like, you know, 20 to, to, to 14 type of weird game. And uh, B- Buffalo finds a way to win. Uh, but um, but Pittsburgh's alive in this game, absolutely. I. Oddly think that not having TJ Watt, it, I mean, it sucks. Like that's, he's the best defensive player in the world. In my opinion, I think not having TJ Watt, they are, they are aided by the weather. I think the weather actually helps alleviate yep. the loss of TJ Watt because they're not going to be dropping back to pass as much. And he's a pass rush specialist. He's amazing against the run though. I, I mean, he does. <laughs> I think doesn't get enough credit for that. He's also a run game specialist. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's amazing at everything. But um, if there's an area where they they can you know uh, mitigate that loss, it's in this weather and playing more for the run. So that that's somewhat helpful. They get Minka Fitzpatrick back, which I yeah. think will help. If I were the Steelers, I would put Minka Fitzpatrick just on Dalton Kincaid the whole game. I would agree. That's a great plan. Against the Cardinals, they got torched by McBride that whole first half. They put him on him in the second half and really helped things. But it's just like, don't don't mess around. Like, just you're already going to be taking away digs with Joey Porter Jr. You're going to have him locked on him. They don't have Gabe Davis. Their only, you know, their only other threat in the receiving game is Donkey Cade. You put Mink on him and you take care of business that way. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pulling yeah. off the upset, I you have to. I get it. winning this game, but I'm, I legitimately I'd be mad if you did. Possible, I'd be I, mad I, if I'm you did. 
I'm not going to no, say you, I I'm with that, you. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. you. They're alive in this game. I said it. I'm with you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I, I, I think that with the weather, I think it really benefits them a lot. I think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively in this game. And maybe the Buffalo Bills stack the, the box and make that a little bit more difficult the entire game. I understand. But I think you can play bully ball. That's the way they've been playing. And if not, you're just going to have to get the short the short game going yeah. a little bit to, to keep them honest. But I think it's a big Najee Harris game. I think it's a big Pat Fryermuth game. And all in all, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are much less prone to making a big mistake than Josh Allen. Fair. I trust the Pittsburgh defense to force a big mistake. And I think that's that's going to be a big determinant. Uh, I would be mad at you if you didn't pick Pittsburgh. So yeah. I'm happy yeah. with your pick there. I agree with the points, though. It's it's going to be, yeah, 17. Josh 14. Allen could have over 100 yards rushing. That's all I'm going to say. I think, Josh, I think to me, that's that's what I look at this game. I'm like, Josh Allen, kind of Superman cape type of performance. Yeah. Watch Mason Rudolph get 150 yards rushing. In this game. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> they might, honestly, Pittsburgh might be better off starting Mitch just to let him run. Scramble. Oh, God. Don't even, don't. It's, <laughs> they'll, they'll put a wildcat formation there with Mitch. Yeah. Uh, all right. The afternoon game on Fox Packers at Cowboys. Uh, Dallas favored by seven at home against the, uh, you know, your NFC North Green Bay Packers. Sorry to say that. Um, so, Dan, what I uh, love yeah. about, what I love about this game so much is that you're going from awful weather. The, the two previous games, right, will be Kansas City and Miami, which is going to be disastrous. People are going to watch people die, basically. And then you're going to watch. 65 mile an hour wind gust. You can't throw the ball at all in Buffalo. And then you get Green Bay and Dallas, which I think Green Bay's defense has been so bad. Don't think of the Bears game as anything that the Green Bay defense has found their stride. No, the, the Packers just beat the Bears. That's just that's just what they do. So I, I really think this is going to be more like, a, oh, a palate cleanser, right? Like, oh, thank God. In a dome, yeah. short sleeves. Efficient offensive football. Dallas is eight no at home. Don't overthink this. You st first time starting quarterbacks in the in the playoffs struggle. Um, I'm taking CJ Stroud because I think he's really special. I think Jordan Love's had a, a really nice season. I don't think he's special, and I think that the Dallas defense. This is a Micah Parsons game written all over it. Uh, yeah, all the pressures on Dallas. I know that, but I think this is a lose lose for me because I hate both teams. But I, I just don't want. I just think don't overthink this. This is just CD Lamb, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Dak Prescott, big game. You know, Dak's trying to get a contract extension. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, Dak's got his locked up. He's going into the final year of his deal next year." I, there's a there's That's a lot true. of like, um, I think there's and with McCarthy, this is a, a big meaningful game for him as well. I like Dallas. The only way Green Bay, I think, wins this game is if they just dominate time of possession, right? If Aaron Jones goes off for 120 yards rushing plus, then that could get us. That could get ugly because Dallas can't really run the football. And then they're just going to be playing catch up the whole time, which Dallas can do. But I think that's that's the window for Green Bay. If they can dominate rushing the ball, that's the window. But I'll take Dallas. I think the overhits. I think this is a fun game. I think it's high scoring. Dallas like thirty three, Packers twenty seven. They keep it alive. But I, I think this is this is fun high scoring. Mike Mike, you know, uh, Parsons makes a play. Yeah, I I. I pick the Dallas Cowboys for multiple reasons but I think defense is number one they, they just have such a uh, a leg up on that side of the ball compared to the Green Bay Packers that um, I'm going to go with that and you know it's the way CeeDee Lamb's been playing but they, they've got other playmakers Brandon Cooks has come up as of late Jake Ferguson's there Tony Pollard's just too yeah. much to contend with 
for the Green Bay defense. And, and Dak Prescott, he, he's been playing really, really well uh, the, the second half of this year. He's been really good. And so uh, so is Jordan Love. God, give him credit there. But Dak is playing against Green Bay's defense. Jordan Love's playing against yeah. Dallas's defense. That's the difference here. And, 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 and Dak has better playmakers overall to work with. An underrated point, too. Remember, Dallas started their starters last week and went out to win that game. And like yeah. against, and so I think that is an underrated point too. Like Dallas isn't coming in here like, oh, we locked up the division, we're good. You know, also a, I know it's a small sample size, only three years, but a seven is never beaten a two. So you're predicting yeah. a seven over two upset here. I, I'm I not gonna, I'm not gonna go there yet. I, I think we get year four of no, no sevens over twos. Yeah, no, I think this was the easiest game to predict of the entire wild card weekend. Uh, to be quite honest with you. Oh uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, the, the the disparity between the two teams um but then again any of these matchups i could see the upset winning like it, it obviously could happen yeah. it, it's playoffs like that's it, it's nfl any given sunday but uh yeah i'm gonna take the cowboys in this one as well so the final game on nbc uh is going to be the rams at the lions uh dome another dome game not weather affected here detroit hosting its first uh playoff game in uh decades the last time years. they won a playoff game was in 92, I believe, right? The last playoff yeah. win. So, you know, a lot riding on the line here for Detroit. Matthew Stafford making his return uh, to Detroit as well. That's going to be a big storyline. Jared Goff with the revenge game. Yeah, with Goff Rams, revenge uh, game. Rams traded you away years ago, and here you are hosting a playoff game against them. This is a really fun one. I'm really m looking forward to this outside of the Pittsburgh Buffalo game, which of course I'm looking uh, forward to and uh, excited to watch. This might be the other one that I'm most excited for because yeah. of, uh, because of the storyline, but because it's, you know, we're going to see two really talented offenses going up against, you know, defenses that at times maybe have, have overperformed their expectation. The Rams certainly have. And so uh, I, I'm really much looking forward to that. And um, it's going to be Jared Goff versus Matt Stafford. Which one is able to rally their troops and, and make some bigger plays because they both have good run games, but I think the run game gets stymied in this. I think yep. they're actually going to have to win through the air in this one. So I'll give my initial thoughts, and it's that the Los Angeles Rams get the win. I am going to be rooting for the Detroit Lions to win. But my, I, I've tried. I've poured it through. I've, I've wanted to will it to happen, and I think Jared Goff has more to play for than Matt Stafford. I think Detroit has more to play for than Los Angeles. But something is just telling me that the way that the Rams have been able to overcome so much opposition this year, like everyone thought, I including me, they were going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, Puka Nakua has you know beaten the odds to be you know a great rookie receiver. Uh, Matt Stafford's beating the odds in terms of like his health and that defense of no names has played so well as of late uh, that I just think I'm going to have to take a coin flip game to go in favor of the head coach. I trust more and that's Sean McVay. And so um, I'm, I'm going to ride with McVay in this one. I take them to win. I hope Detroit wins though, but that, so that's there's been no, there's been no bigger supporter of the Rams than me, right? I'm the, I am yeah. been the Rams guy this year. Maybe not a bigger supporter of the Lions than you. I am too, the biggest supporter of the Rams. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the Rams won 10 games. They beat the Seahawks twice. They beat the Cardinals twice. They beat the Colts early in, in the year. 
uh, when they still had their dealing with um, uh, Anthony Richardson and the injury. They um, they also then had p- stacked up wins late in the season against the against the uh, Commanders, against the Saints, against the Giants, and then last week getting win number ten over a, a Niners team that was sitting everyone. That, I mean, that game doesn't really count, right? So as much as I've loved the Rams and told you they are better than you expect, the Lions are the better football team in this game. The Lions have the best offensive line in football. Panay Sewell's just named All-Pro. Frank Ragnow, I mean, the center. They are terrific. They are a phenomenal group. The Rams' offensive line is improving. It's nice. It's young. But I think Hutchison is in his, is entering his prime. He is a game wrecker. He will be a difference maker in this game. Aaron Donald, yes, very good. But I think he's going to be neutralized by that extremely talented Lions offensive line. I trust that the Lions won't make the big mistake. They're going to run the you-know-what out of the football. They're going to control the clock. I think this is actually an easy win for the Lions if they don't get wow. wrapped up in the emotion of the game. There's a lot of emotion in this game. You had a, a one of the most popular bars in, in Detroit saying, you can't wear a Stafford Lions jersey. The bar will kick you out. So there's a lot of emotion on the line for, for the Lions. This will be the hardest game for the Lions this whole playoff run. It will be the hardest game. The first cut is the deepest, right? This is going to be the hardest game. If they can get through this game, I love them against the Cowboys. If they can get through this game, I think they're absolutely alive against the Niners, and then you make the Super Bowl, who knows what happens. I think this will be the hardest game for them. It really will be. And I think that the Lions and that crowd and Dan Campbell, they again, they played their starters last week. The Rams didn't. They're playing angry. They're playing frustrated. They should be the two seed. They shouldn't even be in this spot. I think the Lions are going to come out, and they are going to dominate the time of possession. They are going to lean on those big uglies up front. I love David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs overs everything in this game, and and I think it's the golf revenge game. They are playing for a lot more, and they have a physical, better football team. So... I am letting my heart speak with my gut, and and as much as I've loved the Rams all year, the Rams can absolutely win this game because Stafford is elite. He's playing elite. McVay is, to me, a top three coach in the NFL, and they have weapons that you don't want to deal with. And no Sam Laporta. That hurts the Lions big time. That but is big, yeah. I think the Lions scheme... Well, it's not confirmed ben, yet, but it's most likely. Lions scheme, uh, Ben Johnson, I, I just think this is one of those teams... And one of those games that um, when we look back on it, we'll look and be like, all is right in the world for the Lions. They they did not. I mean, this would be a devastating loss for them. I think they avoid it. They also feel like even though there's pressure, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's pressure in Detroit. I'm going to Detroit. I'm going to Detroit fairly easily. I think it's going to be 30 to 24, but, they, you know, the Rams maybe score late. I think this is a the Lions lean, lean, lean heavy on their dominant offensive line. Just to slightly push back on the the Rams point that you made about their schedule, the the Lions haven't really beat many good teams either. I mean, they they, beat, they split with the Packers, they beat Fair. the Vikings, the Broncos, they beat the Raiders, the Chargers, they split with the Bears. They beat they beat the Chiefs week one. It's um, a different team, and then they should have beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, so I'll give them that. But yeah, I mean, you can't choose your schedule either. I, I would agree that overall, they like. As a team throughout the season, they're the better team. But I, I think scheme matters a lot in the playoffs. Oh, an experience. and experience. I, I yeah, and I just think um, 
I think the better quarterback right now is Matthew Stafford and the better coach is Sean McVay. To me, that's enough to win them. But I, I mean, like I said, I'm going to root for the Lions. I will have to be electric. If I had a Lions jersey, I'd be wearing it. Yeah, it's going to be electric at Ford Field Sunday night. Stoked stoked for this game. No question. All right. uh, Let's get to the final game of wildcard weekend. The Eagles at the Buccaneers Monday night. Philadelphia favored by just three points here. They are on the road. And it was just announced uh, an hour before we went live here that A.J. Brown is officially ruled out for this game. So big loss there. Jalen Hurts coming off of an injury, too, to that finger. So uh, less than ideal circumstance here for the Eagles who have stumbled their way uh, the last month of the season into the postseason here. Uh, they're, they're lucky that they they were able to win so many games because they are losers of five of their last six coming into this game and, and lost to the Cardinals and the Giants in the final two weeks of the regular season. So obviously the team with momentum here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so um, I'm just going to put it out there right now in terms of the standalone matchup, not about these teams, what they've done this year, the standalone matchup this upcoming Monday night. I think the Buccaneers are in a much better position. to I win know. This game. I, know. I, I am taking Tampa Bay to win this game over the Eagles. I hate and that. I, think, I am too. I hate that. <laughs> I think we're going to have some, there's going to be trouble oh, brewing in, in, uh, in the city of brotherly love. I think Nick Sirianni is in a lot of trouble if they lose this game, and I think they will. And I, I honestly think the A.J. Brown news is massive. It like is. Now, all of a sudden, who is your big play threat now? You haven't been running the ball very well. You haven't been throwing the ball very it's well. Crazy. The Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield. If, if I know Baker's questionable. He's going to play. Like I, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't play. They've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and they, they're, they're big play guys. Rashad White uh, has been really good. And so I just think – in a, in a game where there's going to be a lot of emotion here from Baker in particular, like trying to get up and prove all the doubters wrong, they're they're beating up on a on a wounded goat right now in Philadelphia. And so I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Um, but who do I trust to make more plays? This Philly defense has been a terrible mark. Um, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Buccaneers here what? to make the necessary one or two plays that gets them the win. Maybe it comes down to a couple field goals. Who knows? The strength of the Buccaneers all season has been Baker and Mike Evans and that and the deep balls and the passing game and the weakness of Philadelphia is the back end. They're secondary. It's terrible. 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 I, the pressure is on Philadelphia and the, the, they have just completely fallen apart. I mean, completely fallen apart. I'm taking the Bucs too for a lot of the reasons you just said. I hate it. This is the one game I say I'm not betting anything but the over. I'm just going to root for points and just try to have some fun with it because I go. truly, to me, it, it's one of those things. I will make the, I'll make the only argument I'll make for Philly about AJ Brown being out that could be positive is that AJ Brown is a little bit of a diva. Like he's a little bit of the sidelines, yelling, screaming, antics. He's had some up and down this year with the media and, and, and with getting in Jalen Hurts' face. I think there could be a little bit of that just like that, like, relief that if all of a sudden they're down, you know, 10, nothing early and spread it out. If AJ Brown was, if AJ Brown had no, no targets, no catches, you know, I have a feeling he'd be going irate on the sideline that you, you don't have that. That's that, that little thing that is a possibility is going to be removed. Now you're also losing a top five wide receiver talent in the NFL. So it's a, 
it's a yin and a yang. Uh, I'm going to go with Tampa, but again, I'm, I'm, that's only because we have to pick. I, I'm, I'm betting the points on this one, take the over, have some fun, and uh, I think it, it could be maybe Bill Belichick in uh, New England uh, this time next week. I'm, new, I'm in uh, Philadelphia this time next week. That would be absolutely wild uh, to see the, the, the downfall of Philly. Uh, you know, if they do lose this game, maybe even if they don't lose this game, they, I, they might be the candidate and the clear winner of just biggest collapse. Uh, and obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a part of that group. But, I mean, the way Philly is disaster. absolutely destroyed the talent that they've had, uh, it's absolute disaster. All right, well, those are our wild card predictions. So the only ones we disagree on are I, I have the Rams over the Lions. You have the Lions over the Rams. and You have the Bills over the Steelers. I have the Steelers over the Bills. But and everything else it. were the same. I so, hate that I'm uh, taking those, every yeah. home team, but not every home team is a favorite. So I'm that's how I'm justifying it. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. No, that's that's that, that, that's certainly a good point. It's more about the spreads, I think, uh, than anything else. But yeah, will be an interesting grouping of games. I'm really much looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, we have to talk about these head coaches because we lost some legends. So let's touch on that real quick. Uh, you know, Nick Saban out in Alabama. Um, there's not much more to say about the guy that has won what was it seven uh national championships in alabama i i can't even remember what the a- actual uh i think he won six in bama but he won seven total one with LSU. seven total okay with lsu yeah and so uh seven total stat- national championships and bill balichek was six uh super bowl champions yeah. the stat that kills me about saban is he was 11 and one lifetime in sec title games i mean that is insane what what to me the thing about Nick Saban, which will always should always be remembered about him and will always be, is that he was a lock to win the national title unless one other program had the greatest year in college football history, aka Cam Newton Auburn year, aka Joe Burrow LSU year, and that one year yeah. with that uh, the loaded Clemson team and Trevor Lawrence. Like those are the three times that you're like, oh, he didn't win when it was like. These are generational greatest college football teams of all time. You know what I mean? And now this Michigan team, which again, this Alabama team, I think is smart of Nick to go out on top in this way. The the fact that he willed this Alabama, that Alabama team um, to the point that they got and came within a play of of beating the eventual 15 and 0 national champion, uh, Michigan Wolverines. Nick had said for years, he didn't want to be Joe pot and he didn't want to be Bobby Bowden. And I give him a lot of credit for that. He's made a ton of money, and I think he's getting out at the exact right time. The college landscape is harder than it's ever been. It is a disaster with the recruiting, the transfer portals, the NILs. Um, And so good luck to Kalen DeBoers from Washington taking over Alabama. I hope they give him an actual window to really compete because I think he's a really good coach. He's going to need a few years to get his full slate of recruits in. And I think that at this point in time, you're going to say to yourself that Every t- it's what's great about college football right now is it feels like yeah big bad Georgia still Georgia, and if Harbaugh stays in Michigan they're still going to be the dominant force those two but it feels otherwise every other team's got to feel way better this morning Florida State Texas Clemson I, I mean uh, the Ole Miss I mean all these other big programs have got to feel really good when Nick Saban retired he's the greatest college football coach of all time and if anyone ever. Uh, puts themselves uh, in the category of him or passes him, 
then in order to do that, they will earn the title of the greatest college football yeah, coach of all time because he has set yeah. the bar so high. Yeah, they would leave it at, as a, a, a almost a no doubt. Yeah, you know, this is bar. Oh, that's, that's impressive. I, the same goes for Bill Belichick. We'll probably yep. never see as decorated of a head coach in NFL in the NFL uh, ever again. And uh, I'm not sure we have even before. Yeah. And so Bill Belichick being out in New England, obviously it appears this was not his decision. They said it was a mutual parting of ways. Now he got fired. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Bill, obviously, you know, maybe his pride was his downfall at the end of the day uh, for so many years, not willing to pivot on the offensive side of the ball and, and find a, a true uh, offensive coordinator in there, wanting his own guys, wanting to personnel control in personnel control, not willing, wanting to give that up. That's, that's a big problem. And so that obviously was his downfall. It'd be interesting to see where he goes now. Um, and I think we'll be able to do much more of a Bill Belichick episode when he retires, when it's over yeah. officially, because and I when think we know where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably going to play or, or uh, coach another couple years. I really think he wants to chase that Don Shula record. Yes. And really he's 15 wins away. Even if he doesn't go to a team that's winning the Super Bowl, he's just got to win eight games the next two years, and and he'll have that record. And so, obviously, think, it's not what he wants. Yeah. Uh, but if you know Atlanta's being rumored, I think that'd be a weird spot for him to go overall for like what he would want. Um, but Atlanta would be a good spot for him to win eight games the next two years. He could certainly do that. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's fascinating. Gerard Mayo takes his place in New England, a defensive head coach, a, a, a homegrown. New England guy. We'll see yeah. if he's able to to you know bring in a staff that's very talented to help offset the defensive side of the ball. But uh, yeah, he's there, D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, he's there, D'Amico Ryan's, the legend who played. You bring him back. He understands what the winning culture is like when you were there. And um, to me now, the, the, uh, as far as New England, then I'll talk about Bill. They they to me have the most pressure to be aggressive to go get Caleb Williams because. You, if you compare to, if you're going with a defensive coach, then you need a star quarterback. And it's kind of like what, look what happened to the Texans. They went with a defensive coach who can manage the culture, be the CEO, set the tone. Well, then you need a star quarterback then who can just kind of give the offense to. And it's the same thing that Belichick did with Brady. Once Brady became a star, it was okay. You handle this, I'll handle this. So I think it's really important for them to be aggressive in trying to get Caleb Williams. I don't think they can just settle for Drake May. I don't think they can just settle for hopefully Jane Daniels turns into a star. I think they are the team now that has the most pressure to be aggressive to go get Caleb Williams. And if you're Caleb, it's a great spot to be. I think I think Mayo's going to be a really good coach. It's a sound organization. I think players will want to play in New England. It's kind of this revamp of the culture. And I think you're not following Tom anymore. You're, it's It's fallen from grace. And now you're part of the the build back up. I think it's a, it'd be a good place to be. And then as far as Bill goes, absolutely, he needs to find his Tampa. He needs to do what Tom did. He needs to find his Tampa, go to a place where he can win eight or nine games a year, give himself a chance in the playoffs. I think Atlanta's really viable. I think if the Eagles fire Sirianni, that's a great opening. And I yes, think Seattle. I think, I think Seattle is an interesting place to keep an eye on. I think Washington's too much of a rebuild. They don't have a quarterback. And I don't think Bill wants a rookie quarterback. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to risk that. But Seattle's interesting. You could give me Geno, and I could draft a guy, right? Or if you say, if you're Seattle, you could go. You know, go get me Kirk Cousins. If you're Atlanta, go get me Kirk Cousins. 
and let's try to win nine games a year for the next three years and give me a couple playoff runs and show you I can do it without Brady too. That's his goal right now. And it'll be really fascinating to talk more about Bill and his legacy when he retires, obviously, but also when we know where he's going next. Oh, we just got breaking news that oh. the Steelers-Bills game has been moved to 4.30 on Monday. So now we've got we've got two Monday games, so they are trying to get out of this weather as much as possible. We'll see what that does. For to me, the Bills game, that's situation. not as dangerous as the Saturday night game. That game is dangerous. The Chiefs, yeah. like, play in the snow and the wind, that's fine, but it's dangerous what they're going to make the Dolphins and the and the Chiefs play. I, I can't believe they're moving that game and not that game. All right. I think I it, still... it may just depend on the amount of snow that's going to accumulate tonight. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult for people to get to the stadium. The and they're I, they're doing, you know, it's kind of like a state of emergency in New York. So, like, it's I, it's probably just hard to justify I, being able to. I will say this hurts that. your steel. I think that hurts your Steelers pick a little bit. Yeah, I would, I would agree, too, a little bit, for sure. They're um, still alive. The weather's not going to be great, but they're still alive, but. I think that hurts your Steelers pick. I wonder what that does if, if for for the Bills with with ruling out Gabe Davis and Rasul Douglas, um, if an extra day of rest might change. I don't know True. if it will. Um, and I don't if know I the was rules, the NFL, if you've already ruled them out, I'm sure you could rule them back in, right? Like if I was the NFL, I, I would know. move. I would also slot in. I would move the Chiefs and Dolphins to Sunday at in that in that spot at noon. In that get one the sun spot. Get the sunshine. You know what I mean? And give yourself a chance tomorrow at noon here in our area. It, I mean, it's going to be bad still. It's going to be bad. But at least you have the sunshine. You could justify some other things, but we'll see what they do. I think it's too late yeah. now. The game's already – it's today. They can't move it, but it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's uh interesting, interesting situation. Um, All right, so we covered those those head coaches. Just real quick on Pete Carroll, uh, 14 years in Seattle. Obviously took them to two Super Bowls, 1-1. One, one. Uh, big part of building those rosters, but obviously yeah. the lack of success, the lack of defensive success in particular, the last several years uh, just wasn't cutting it. It seemed no. to be time in Seattle to move on. They've got a great GM who now gets to actually play that role to its fullest. And so he gets to choose, uh, you know, be a part of that search for the next head coach. They, they were announcing that Pete Carroll, you know, might be an advisory role kind of interesting i know that he obviously wants to coach and he mentioned in his press conference that he fought to stay with seattle as the head coach so yeah. i don't know how, how that dynamic plays out and if he'll go elsewhere where that would be yeah um, but yeah i mean just your thoughts overall on, on pete carroll being out in seattle i could see pete taking an opportunity like a if washington can't get uh you know belichick where it's like hey can you come in here and know this is only a like and just announce it's a two year deal, but he's going to help us get our get our organization organized and right and together and find the quarterback and then hand it off to you know the next person. But I don't. I otherwise I think he should retire and just stay retired because his legacy I think is he is a Hall of Famer in my opinion. I mean he won two national titles in the USC, won a Super Bowl, went to another one in Seattle. He is to me one of the top fifteen just football coaches of all time. I mean, he—if you really look at the the wins, college, pro—if sure. you're just oh, yeah. football coaches, I think he really deserves to be in that in that range. And I think right off into the sunset, I think it's it's a good thing for him to do. Take an advisory role with Seattle. You're going to live there the rest of your time, anyways, and just kind of like 
you know, ride off into the sunset is just a, an ambassador for the team. Seattle job is really interesting. The hard part about Seattle is a lot like um, uh, the Chargers to me. They have holes in the roster, and you're basically admitting that when you come into the division, you're going to be third. So you have to overcome third, right? You're looking up at Sean Payton. You're looking up at Andy Reid. You're looking up at McVay. You're looking up at Shanahan. So I think Seattle would be a really great destination if you're Ben Johnson. You have those three wide receivers. You can maybe then say, let's get aggressive. Let's go get Caleb Williams. Let's go get Drake May. Let's go get me my guy. I can still start Geno for a year and then groom my guy, whatever it might be. So you also could just say, hey, let's hope a Jane Daniels falls to us. Really interesting. I think Seattle is a, Seattle could have a really quick turnaround here in a couple of years if they get the head coach right and they find the right quarterback of the future. Absolutely. No, I'm I'm in agreement. Ben Johnson, very enticing job there. No question about it. Um, well, that was a lot. We had, we had a lot for this Friday episode. Usually these are much shorter, but hey, we had a full week wildcard preview and and plenty of, of breaking news to get to. So that's that's your full slate as we uh, approach this wildcard weekend. But yeah, right at the end of the show, stay tuned for that Bills Steelers game. 4.30 p.m. now on Monday. So Monday afternoon, going to have two games on Monday, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. So we'll see how this thing plays out. But that is our preview of wildcard weekend. We will be back next week with plenty to recap from the craziness of this playoff slate and get ready for the divisional round. (music) 